0: and And welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent and it is wonderful to have your company today for episode
2: 160.
0: This week on Toy Power, we have an absolutely wonderful topic, or should I say a truly outrageous topic. (laughs) Um, We're going to do a vintage toy line retrospective. And if we've got time, a bit of reading, watching, playing at the end. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Frank. Hoi, hoi. Darren. Hello, everyone. And to help us look at this truly outrageous line, we've got Damien joining us today. Welcome, Damien. Thanks very much,
1: guys. Pleasure to be here. It's
0: wonderful to have an expert on Gem. We are talking Gem today, and we are getting the perms out, we're getting the brightly coloured costumes. And, and the earrings. shoulder pads. Yep. Shoulder pads, yes. This is going to be so much and fun. And the mullets. The,
2: the face paints. I've got a star on my eye. Yep.
0: <laughs> <the already> <laughs> I've been growing this hair for six months in anticipation for this episode. Um, so, super, super pumped. But Damien, before we get into Gem, and there's going to be so much to talk about on this episode, we've got to give you the toy power initiation, starting with... Your favorite toy as a 10-year-old?
1: Okay, I had to think back about this one. It definitely would have been, I think, my Red Ranger, Power Ranger. Nice. Power Rangers. 10-year-old, yeah. Yep. So that was definitely one of my faves. I remember getting that down at Coles and just thrashing it out. And so, yeah, that was good.
0: And was that the sort of standard version? or Was it with the morphing action? No, it was just the stand, standard. standard one. Yeah, yep. I was
1: pretty jealous with everyone at school that had those morphing action ones. So, yep. yeah, definitely missed out on that one.
0: That's cool. And movie, okay. So, again, as a 10-year-old, did you have a favourite?
1: Look, I think I was still pretty much obsessed with The Labyrinth at that stage. Oh, nice. strange to be holding on to that for like 10 years, but, you know, that was still pretty much my favourite and one of my top faves now.
0: I reckon that's that's an okay one to hang on to. It's a a great
3: great one to hang on to. Absolutely.
1: Classic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely.
0: And in, in terms of gem, I know some of these lines, you know, these 80s lines are very obscure when we try and collect them later on. Have you got a a local gem find that you are sort of proudest of, I guess?
1: Well, it was about maybe a year ago. I saw a big lot of random toys on Gumtree and I missed out on it by one day, which that was completely crushed. I had a whole heap of mint in box gem items. and. I put out an, another ad on Gumtree and I managed to track down the person that bought all of those, and they very kindly sold them all back to me oh without really what? upping the price. So, yeah, that's oh, that, wow. that pretty
0: lucky, I, I think. So those. Yeah, yeah, those gum tree finds, they yeah. go so quickly because they usually they're dirt cheap, you know, people 100%. are just trying to clear them. And it's just the
1: the feeling of missing out on a brilliant gum tree lot is devastating. So to go back and actually Absolutely. get it. Yeah, I was pretty ruthless. I was like, I'm going to do another post about it. You know, I'm going to find this person. And you know what? I guess persistence paid off there. So yeah, pretty happy with nice. that. Well, so nice. Sensational
0: work. Well, well, done. Done. Thanks, well guys. done. Fantastic. All right, we are going to get into our first topic. Okay,
2: and if you haven't worked it out already, we're doing a retrospective spotlight on all things gem and the holograms. So, uh, Damien, put yourself back in uh, 1984 with the mindset that you you, of all people, are the toy executive of Hasbro. Congratulations, mate. Yeah, it's
3: <laughs> quite the appointment. Your, your
2: job today is pitching the Gem and the Holograms idea in a boardroom. What is special about Gem over all the other toys offered on the market of 1984?
1: Okay, well, I guess the big deal about Gem, we have to think back maybe just two years before MTV had just launched, so it was pretty mm. new, pretty radical, you know, all those music videos. So that really kind of cottoned on to, I guess, the youth of the day. So there'd been nothing that was, I guess, edgy in this in. And this line of marketing, I guess it was only really Barbie in terms of other doll lines and it was pretty, you know, pretty pedestrian, I guess. So Mm. um, it was all about, you know, just that flashy hair, you know, the music, the outfits. And I think that's really what it came down to. And I guess what I like about Gem is it just brought all those things together. You had the, you know, the music, the show... Songs on the show were packaged back with cassettes that came with the with the toys, and you know, it was all a beautiful kind of multimedia aspect. So you know, i just def- definitely if I was pitching it, it'd be all about you know that big hair big sounds, you know, back for the children of the 80s. So, yeah, it was it was, it was was pretty radical.
4: I feel like it appeals to that that rebel element type thing. As you Absolutely. said, Barbie was very, you know, to coin a phrase, Susie Homemaker type Absolutely. thing, whereas yeah. Jen was just like, don't care about all that, 100%. get your hair as big as you can, as Absolutely. big pink and
1: yeah. bright colours. 100%. And I think really, like, that was that was the draw card. So, essentially what happened with that is um, a guy called uh, Bill Highland. he came up with the concept and he actually sold it to Hasbro just as a a, as a base idea, it was actually meant to be all male uh, rock band to begin with. So, female lead and all male rock band, but they suddenly realized that's probably not going to be the best way to market yeah. that. Yep. So, turned all to female in the end and um yeah it kind of went from there they really just um they really wanted that edge with it and i guess it was pretty edgy for the time um and that's really pretty much yeah where it started um then they just ran with it so yeah what Mm. about the the music so music Mm. is a big part
0: obviously with the cartoon series the the band is a big element 100 the packing of
1: cassettes yeah um what what is your thought on how that music has held up Look, you know, considering that they had to pump out well, three songs per per episode, which wow. is quite a lot, yeah. you know, back back mm. in the day. Um, some of them are actually not too bad. I mean, you kind of, you know, I'm used to them after hearing them for 30 years, but, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, def- definitely some of them are, are pretty good as far as considering they're for a toy line. When you look at other music that's come out for other toy lines, the quality is not always there. So yep. definitely they did a great job with that. Um, They had a specialised team over in New York that did all the music um, offshore there, and then they just send them back to, um, over to the other side um, of the state. So it was a lot of back and forth across um, both sides of the US. So, you know, they definitely um, did the best job that they could with it and i think it really has held up and the fans do really do really love um love the music and that's one thing we haven't gotten due to the licensing is an actual whole album of the song so yeah we've just got these tapes from 30 years ago which (laughs) don't sound too good
4: anymore yeah as you can imagine a little bit warped from the being on the dashboard 100 um so the toys came out first and then the tv show is that correct
1: uh, no. Well, so, what happened um, because of the backlash with your Transformers and your G.I. Joe of it being a 30 minute toy commercial, sure. they specifically timed it so that the show would come out first, so that it would look like, oh, look, the show is doing so well. We're bringing Here's out the Merchandise toys. At 100%. Nice. So, they're no, pretty uh, forward thinking with that, um, which obviously came down to its downfall in the end, which we might touch on later yeah. in terms of competition. But, no, definitely the show came out late 85 and the toys were out kind of mid 86 so right. a little bit of there was a bit of a 6 month um, leeway and that's why in the show a lot of the designs uh, that you'll see are pretty much based on a lot of the initial prototypes so by the, the time the, stuff, yeah. yeah by the time the product got to the store it was a little bit it looked quite a bit different
2: hmm. and just circling
1: back what was, what were they
2: going to call gem before that gem was yes oh, yeah so that's,
1: um, yeah definitely an interesting point so obviously back with the tie in into MTV they wanting to call gem M, just the letter oh, M. Now, oh. turns out you can't actually copyright uh, a letter of the alphabet. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that had to change. I think it changed to Misty and then Morgan, and then it just ended up being Gem because uh, they had actually recorded the and theme song with it being M, and so oh, it was just okay. so much what, easier to just. What works? What rhymes with M? 100%. Gem. Yeah. So there's than J and e and
2: of J the J. Homer J Simpson.
1: hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a. Uh, uh, they wanted just to try everything back to MTV. Um, and yeah, they can't copyright a, a letter of the alphabet. So no. that's how she ended up being called Gem. Pretty mm. clever. Hmm. Very interesting. Mm. How many Gem figures or dolls were released in the life of the line? So across both years of so 86 and 87, uh, it was 27, including the three reissues of the Misfits, which were the old villain band. So 27 across the line. So i uh, considering how far other lines go it's pretty small easy yeah. to collect uh, some are obviously harder to find which m- brings up the difficulty a little bit but generally um, it's a very small line yeah. and a that, lot of variants with, within that uh, like there was a few kind of fabrication variants yeah. um, the bigger variant from the first year was uh, so first edition Gem Jerica which is the, probably the most iconic one that most people would remember um, she just had like the bulb you know little kind of um, LED little red bulbs you yes for science experience yeah. back in the day she just had those as her earrings and they changed them to a star, the star shape, shape. Yeah. yeah so that was the most the biggest probably running variant of the first year and then obviously there's hasbro being hasbro there's you know things you find along the way like kind of different shoe colors yeah, different fabrication that kind of thing yeah. different um face paint and whatnot so mm. yeah
2: and we'll get into the other things that were released but tell me how many costume packs because that was big with yeah. girls sort yes. of so, toys.
1: so uh yeah there's about 60 plus outfits yeah. oh, wow. yeah. so again that includes uh, reissues from the first year to the second year but um, 60 I think it's 61 or 62 in total um, and once you get to the second year that's where the big money is a lot of those ones are, right. are pretty hard to find so some can go box can go for upwards of 7, 8, 900 dollars so wow. yeah it's pretty crazy
2: so you might be 27 odd figures to collect but you need to get about 100 of them to showcase <laughs> yeah. All the no, different no, 100%, variations, and
1: outfits. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're pretty relatively easy to find. Like loose, uh, yeah. When you're wanting to get them boxed, it's getting a little bit harder these days, for sure.
4: So you ever like buy a figure just because
1: it's got a jacket for or something, or like an accessory from I, one I, of the packs? I did, like... to, I did used to back in the day. I've, yeah. I've kind of tried to behave myself a little bit now, <laughs> yeah. but you know, I did used to do that back in the day. You just get a lot that had that one thing that you wanted. Yep. So yeah. And Absolutely.
0: beyond beyond the accessory packs, mm-hmm. was there anything else? You know, we all remember. Sort of the Barbie dream house and the, the big pink convertible yeah. caravan. Was there anything else in that, other a than phone? the accessory packs that well, they
1: released? She didn't have a dream house. Jem was, you know, too advanced for that. So, she, <laughs> yeah, so uh, she, um, There was a few accessories. So um, there was the star stage. So that was the, uh, the obviously the stage for um, Gem and the band. And again, going with that Hasbro thing of, you know, double duty in toys. So it was an, an air guitar uh, <laughs> initially. Um, it's a cassette player and it also turns into the stage and that converts into an office for Gem's alter ego. Oh, Gem. Wow. Wow, so a little ones. Wow, that's yeah. a transforming place. Incredible! Yeah. Like that's like a a, a dri- dribble changer. changer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's
1: it. Yeah. Um, there was uh, a rock backstager, which was um, an amplifier, and it opened up into like a backstage dressing room that you can store all the products in. Uh, then there was the the Rockin' Roadster, which was the car, and that's yep. probably the one that most fans are pretty keen to get. That, as far as I'm aware, wasn't released locally. So, okay. yeah, it's not in any of the catalogs. So, um, yeah, I don't think that one was released locally, but, yeah, that's definitely one of the, the high points of the line. That was actually manufactured in the U.S. as well, which was a little bit different. Wow, yeah. that's unusual Absolutely. for that time. 100%. Yeah, 100%. There yeah. you go. And the
0: keytar and the amplifier, yeah. were they almost, you know, playable for the, for yeah, the kids like you know that like you could kid size. Yeah, you pick could, it up yeah, and yeah, play 100% it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. who wouldn't who I would have wanted if I'd known there was a keytar cause I, <laughs> I played I played piano and I was always jealous of the rock bands you know there's the guitar player there's the drummer where's the keyboard player <laughs> keytar. Rock, you right? need a yeah.
3: guitar, right? Would, would that have rivaled your ponies collection
1: Oh look! If I'd known about it, I, I might have had a a keytar collection. So it's always funny when you go back and look at these catalogue pictures because that thing's pretty bloody heavy. And when you see these yeah. like five year old kids with it on their shoulders, I'm like, oh, that poor kid hold that whole day there. So, they yeah. now
2: have back injuries. Yeah,
1: hundred uh, percent. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, so, in your opinion, what are the holy grail
1: pieces of the toy line? Okay, so there's a few for what was. Manufactured so in the second line, uh, hologram band members. So you've got Raya and Shayna. They were re- um, released in smaller packs. So when you get the big pack, they'd probably only be like one or two versus five or six of everyone else. So yeah. that's they're pretty hard to find. And again, going to some of the fashion packs. Uh, there's a line called the flipside fashion so they're the ones that are pretty hard to find they can help you convert um, the doll to both alter egos and they're the ones that can go up to 800 900 for some of the secondary oh, ones wow so pretty tricky to find these days yeah they are beautiful i just want to touch quickly on the packaging i mm-hmm. think we do
0: have to touch on that it is Beautiful. It's very 80s. Absolutely. I mean, it's that it's that pink and yellow predominantly. But the brilliant part about it is the the illustrations absolutely. on there, which is is you know for artwork as artwork goes. I mean, it's it's beautiful, mm-hmm. and I think that really makes the box absolutely.
1: Art. It really gives that I guess that feeling of what the line's supposed to be. So the artist of um all the well, all of the doll packaging her name was Sharon Nettle and she um still says today Hasbro paid her so much for this artwork that she bought her first house Whoa. purely on this Whoa. artwork so we don't have figures but yeah that's what that's the story she's saying now what she did was you would never this would never happen these days yeah they actually got models in real live models and she mocked up their outfits and got wigs made and they she drew, drew from life. From oh. that. yeah so I think that's why it's got that real kind of Energy behind it. So, no, but definitely I love the packaging artwork. Um, obviously it was on all the VHS tapes the Australian ones as well and it's just um, it just really brought everything to life and I think look they're not the the prettiest looking things in the world so I think the packaging really kind of helped to sell it at retail as well and Mm. um, it's what a lot of the fans love these days so just the amount of work but again you look at any other Hasbro line Transformers it had beautiful packaging artwork it was synonymous with
2: 80s toys in general like it's a lost art in today's market that people would rather take photos of the the product inside then actually draw the you know a artist rendering of yep. you know them in action so to speak and I, it's definitely lost art and I massively appreciate it I just look at it and I think Alex Ross you know just, oh, yeah. 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 Uh,
1: so lifelike yeah absolutely no a lot of work went into it and um, obviously with you know Instagram and Facebook these days it's Getting a lot easier to reconnect with some of these some of these artists, and it's just the funny stories that you hear. So, obviously, some of the packaging we've got here is first year packaging, but um for the second year, same artist drew um all these illustrations, but Hasbro thought it was too edgy, so they got someone in house to change the faces around. So that's really? when this artist pulled away wow so she's got quite upset about that that someone's essentially defacing her artwork yeah. so yeah there's just a lot of stories and backstories there with that packaging artwork so yeah very so interesting
3: so well, always fascinating when you hear the behind the scenes of what made a toy line mm. what it is and, and often the the
1: politics that goes into that as well oh absolutely and I think yeah with with any line there's always that um, all the obviously different you know, competitors trying to one up each other and all of that as well so which is pretty interesting when it comes to Gem too
4: so we're talking 80s toy line, of course. Merch is the big thing in the 80s, right? So Absolutely. not just anything of the figures, uh, mugs, sleeping mm-hmm. bags, whatever. Yeah. Talk us through some of that. Was, there, was
1: okay. it everywhere? It, it was pretty much everywhere. So you got your main things, so VHS tapes, colouring books, uh, storybooks. You had kind of like toiletry products for sleeping <laughs> bags. Oh, I could go on. The one thing they didn't make was earrings, which I think that was... A, <laughs> surely a that's a no-brainer. Like, 100%. Is, is that yeah. something
2: that you now see on... On Etsy, like yeah, you don't want to
1: type in gem on Etsy because it just <laughs> you'll be flooded with flashing earrings. Yeah, so, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah, definitely.
2: What, what's your favourite? Like, have, you brought a lot of merch in tonight mm-hmm. for us to preview. What's sort of that one that stands out for you? Like, uh,
1: I think in terms of. Like, kind of extra merch, probably the coloring books and the, the story the books. Again, they had fantastic artwork. They use a lot of renowned um, fashion illustrators to illustrate some of those as well. So, they've, I think they've held up a lot over time. My latest find was, was the sleeping bag yeah. <laughs> about, two, about two weeks ago. My first vintage sleeping bag. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this, but I can't just leave it up on eBay. Yeah. I, I, I have yeah. to grab you have it. To so, have so it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well,
2: yeah. I, I'm not shameless to say we've got a uh, Sailor Moon sleeping bag inside. Uh, very nice. <laughs> very nice. My wife's a bit. Of a Sailor Moon uh, fan and uh, I found a Transformers one uh, did, a while yeah. ago that I passed on to Sean Fuster so oh, um, it's just it's just something magical about that era of sleeping bags oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <is> <laughs> so absolutely
1: yeah. if they you could know. put the likeness on something they they, <laughs> they, did. Yeah. they did. Yeah. 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 no shame at all yeah, absolutely <laughs> mm.
3: kind of like Crossy the Clown and the Simpsons prove <laughs> anything <laughs> <100%. laughs> so what do you think it was about the animated series that made it so
1: popular I think, again, it was just, uh, it was something different, like it, you know, obviously, speaking to that MTV era, there was, it had like the music videos spliced through the action of the show, mm. kind of going, talking back to what was actually happening, and it had the little kind of, you know, subtitles with this, you know, the title of the track, you know, the artist's name, so I think that really made it feel current, and again... Like, like a music clip, like... Yeah. A, like yeah. it in, didn't yeah. it? If, if I, and this
4: is, my, my sister was into Gem for a mm. little bit, so I have sort of some memories of it. Liar,
2: it was you! <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's Frank's uh, ponies line, <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I one
4: of the things that I remember is yeah, mid mid show, hmm. they it was almost like a, a Disney. Thing where yeah. they go into song, but you would have the 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 like the the artist and the name Absolutely, of the song down yeah. the bottom yeah. and, and it, it made it feel exactly it, like that exactly.
1: MTV. And I think for me personally, um well again back in the day, so the writer, the head writer, her name was Christy Marks, she wrote a lot of some of the other um Hasbro properties as well, and she created the Bible for it. And what they were worried about, so when Jem first started, it was on something called Super Saturday, Super Sunday, and that was a show that had three separate toy lines that only had basically like 10 minute books of each um, show at that point. So I think it was in humanoids and Bigfoot and the muscle machines or something along like that. And then you mm. had Gem in the middle. So you had two kind of boy predominant properties either end of it. Sure. So they were really worried that the boys were going to take the remote controls out of yeah. their, like, their sister's hands and change over the remote, change yeah. over the station. So Gem had a lot of kind of action cliffhanger elements in it as well. And that's yeah. what I really loved because it, it wasn't too girly, quote unquote. So yeah, it had all, all, a lot of the action. You had the kind of the antagonist with the Misfits. So, yeah, I I think that's what made it so interesting. You had these two kind of, your your typical kind of heroes and villains, but just set in a kind of really modern, well, for 80s time, really modern... Uh, storytelling of kind of like what was actually happening in that era so yeah i think that's kind of what made it so interesting it was just a little bit different
4: and we we spoke off air before about the uh about rio the uh the love yeah, interest yes, character and some of the right. controversy around 100%. that
1: and i guess when you think about it so technically rio was uh in a love triangle with two people because <laughs> so jem and jerica um were the same person so uh, rio was the road manager jerica was the the band manager, but she was also Jem as well, which that was was a secret identity. So he was obviously I guess Getting it on with both of them, for lack of a better word, um, as much as you can for a children's cartoon. Yeah, exactly. Um, but these days, obviously, that's a bit of a touchy, a touchy subject, which is very, very understandable. But back in the day, I think it's just, it just added to that drama to keep the storyline progressing and just keep <laughs> that secret identity going. So yeah. And did
4: well, the did the misfits themselves have do the secret identity thing, or they were just no, the the, the anti gem? They, the they just
1: wanted to, you know. Be more popular Be more than popular 100%, sure. 100% And I guess the whole Backstory is um, So Eric Raymond He's the manager Of the Misfits And yep. him uh, Jerica, and um, Eric Both worked at the a record company and um, he Jericho's father died he leaves her Synergy which I don't know if you guys know that's the big massive supercomputer, yes, yes I AI thing it. that's how Jem changes from Jem to Jericho oh. so anyway he leaves all of that and uh, basically <laughs> it's just about who's going to get that record company back so yeah, yeah. It's, it's strange for a kids cartoon yep. show but yeah definitely yeah very different for the 80s uh, how many episodes? Uh 65 so just yep. the, the, general, syndication. the syndication, yeah. yeah, yeah yep. so um, yes. I think they'd already gotten the message that um the tour line was cancelled. So, because the show was doing so well, they had to obviously get this indication, the 65. So, the show was still performing all the way through its run. It's just that um Stop was still on shelves. So, that's obviously why yeah. everything had to kind of come to an end. So, yeah.
2: Now, just to throw you a curveball, I just yeah. thought of it just then. uh Josie and the Pussycats, yes. how does that oh. relate to Gem and the
1: Holograms? And which one came first? So, Josie and the Pussycats, I believe, came first. I think that was the 70s, yeah, that's Hannah barbera yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, that's in that. Um, yeah. And I think, like, they must have based maybe something on that. They would have yeah. had to, because that was yep. the only other female musical band animation that was it 3 was it. gem
4: 3 piece as well uh, or like or was it, four? Four. Four, yeah, it was a 4 4 was a 4
1: and then a f- and then a 5 once you got to that that second year and second wave um so yeah i think that they must have had to have looked at that somehow i think they're very different shows but definitely they would have had to have been that would have been in their mind so like, for sure i think
2: yeah yeah well, I, I think a lot of uh, sort of toy lines and toy companies borrow from each other whether yeah, it's absolutely. uh purposely or just like you think teenage mutant Ninja Turtles mighty morphin power rangers like it's just yeah. it's just too similar you know, uh, Shazam and um, He-Man, you mm, know. Oh, elements. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, yeah, you know, I think there's elements so I was just interested to um, mm. yeah, just to compare absolutely. so of break
1: yeah. it down yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely I, mean, I think um, like Jem really did get uh, copied quite a lot after that so mm. obviously you had the, you know, the big hair the rock band element and that was the first time we'd seen it as a as a toy line so yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested I know this was touched on in the documentary
0: series The Toys That Made Us but fascinated about Jem going up against the big Mattel property which was Barbie obviously Barbie had all the history has broken came along and they're like, well, you know, Barbie's doing it, playing it very safe with Mm -hmm. what it's aiming at and we can come in with the rock band, the more edgy type of product. Can you talk us through a little bit about sort of maybe what went on? Because it's a fascinating story about... Competition and maybe some leaked information, absolutely, and how that went down, yeah. and really maybe had a bit of a, an impact on on the gem sales. A
1: hundred percent. So essentially, as the story goes as much as we know. So I think late '84 is when the concept was just being conceptualised at Hasbro, and um, by that point, through probably early '85, we don't know exactly how the story that keeps on going around is that Hasbro had a um, a box. Um, mock-up which obviously has all those really bright neon colors and that was somehow thrown away either at a manufacturing point or somewhere in the trash and someone from Mattel actually found that um, and then brought that back to obviously you know head honchos, and you have to think Mattel had Barbie already already established, so mm. they're like, all right, we're going to go into competition with these guys. So because all the tooling was already there, there was no uh, there was no extra pieces that had to be cast or anything. Um, they actually got um, their own property, which was Barbie and the Rockers out to uh, retail before Jem. Oh, so Which oh, right no, yeah. really killed it. So, because obviously Hasbro was starting from scratch. Yeah. So, everything was being built from the ground up. Um, obviously, with the toys that made us in the Barbie episode, they do touch on that. And you see some of those executives saying that, "Oh, she got the call saying that's what Hasbro were doing. We don't know exactly how, mm. but, yeah, that's, um, that's definitely what happened. And it killed Jem because, obviously, Barbie already had that, uh, you know, that known personality in the market. And the price point was a lot less expensive because when you're thinking about Jem, that was... Well, twelve and a half 12 and a half inches so a bigger a bigger um, scale she had the electronic flashing earrings extra um outfit in the package Setteries, the cassette tapes yeah. so I believe at least at an Australian level so Gem was about $26 $27 whereas Barbie was about 11 or 12 oh, yeah. so wow. yeah. it's, a it's a massive difference. price difference mm. yeah. yeah and when they're paying the the
0: artist you know yeah. a, a house worth of <laughs> salary think about the money that could have potentially changed hands to leak some of that Absolutely. information not, not saying that that happened yeah. but you know like with, with this sort of thing I mean what would you pay to get the, the edge on the competition get yeah. your product how much is that yeah. worth Absolutely. and you wonder yeah. you wonder when if you really something about- was thrown out mm.
2: <laughs> and this is all pre we've got to think about this is all pre, pre. internet days yeah. pre camera sharing yeah. you know yep. photos and things this is dial up phones and you know hey I'm going <laughs> to ship this uh, you know thrown away uh, what's, your, what's your fax number yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah, what was yeah. really interesting with that so obviously that happened in the first year so when we got to the second year the big lead or theme was something called glitter and gold so essentially they went gold Mm -hmm. with their record sales or whatever. So what, they what Hasbro did was they called that concept Ruby Red, and that was on all of their documentation right up until um, uh, lead time that was going to yeah. hit the shelves. So even when we see when we find yeah. like little kind of loose heads or whatnot from manufacturing stage, everything still says Ruby Red, and then when in the end it was glitter and gold. Because I'm sure Mattel would have you know seen that and come up with something, as they as they always do, tend to beat everyone to the post. So mm. yeah, oh wow.
2: So we've talked about uh, why did Gem fall from popularity? Like what? Yeah. So I think
1: there's a few factors. So there was the price point, which was was a lot more expensive. Um, Parents, uh, two things with the parents, they didn't want to shell out extra. So obviously there was a size difference. Jen was 12 and a half inches. Barbie was 11 and a half. Parents don't love shelling out. Money to buy extra accessories that aren't multi-changeable across what their children already own, mm-hmm. um, and obviously a lot of parents didn't like the the look of the misfits as well. Maybe too edgy for the time. Didn't want their kids playing with something like that. I think they it, were the,
2: they were the probably the people walking around the straight, streets streets and the parents are like be careful of them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: and then now they're seeing yeah, dolls the of them. Like, them. Like, yeah, the <laughs> thing that's interesting though is because this show was so popular, when the, the line got continued, they couldn't um, uh, discontinue. They couldn't. Move move it off shelves, once it got discounted to 50% off, people were buying it in the cart loads and yeah. it really did well. So, I think the price... People love a bargain even back in the 80s. A hundred percent. So, I think it really was the price factor and also they didn't really look a lot like what you were seeing on the show either. So, I think that probably was a bit of a, a killer as well. So, yeah, that's so, often a
4: factor. So, yeah. if you were to... We're almost going back around to our first <laughs> question. If you were going to make this toy line now... Yeah. What elements are you keeping, and what are you altering?
1: So I think you you have to alter the size. I think mm. it has to be you have to make it an eleven and a half inch to make it uh, multi uh, cross across what's already out there. But I think you have to keep the core elements, which is still that kind of that rock star vibe. The you know the good band versus the bad band. The kind of like the big hair, the crazy colors. I think that that's the core of it, and the music, which was really really um, essential to well, the you, line as well.
2: You, honestly, you'd be hard pressed walking down the uh, toy aisle and not noticing that brightly yep. coloured packaging. I they think agree. that is a massive uh, tick in the right direction. It's like Toxic Crusaders in the 90s, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's, it. it's the brightest packaging I've ever seen. So, absolutely. Um, definitely very eye-catching. So, I think they got that right, mm. you know.
1: Absolutely. Mm. I think they had to really research the neon dyes. I think it's the first time that they'd actually done something like That's that. Something so, that bright. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure.
3: So, Damien, do you change anything about the cartoon or do you leave the cartoon
1: as is? I think the cartoon was pretty pretty spot on to what it needed to be. The only thing that happened towards the end of um, the run of the line, again, to save costs, they had to reuse a lot of the songs that they had created in the first Mm. um, two seasons, just as a cost cutting measure. So there was a lot of reuse of songs and sometimes they didn't quite fit into exactly what was happening storyline-wise. And a lot of the um, episodes, obviously being a Sunbo property, were um, animated by Toei in Japan. And again, as a cost-cutting, some of them went to ACOM, which I believe is a Korean yes. animation studio. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those episodes are pretty bad animation-wise. So yep. you get character skin tones being completely changed and whatnot. So pretty pretty crazy stuff in those episodes there. Yeah.
0: All right, we do have to touch on this point. Hopefully it's not too much of a <laughs> sore subject. But 2015 <laughs> film, yes. there was a reboot attempted. Absolutely. Uh, I haven't seen it, so I can't mm-hmm. comment. But I guess... There is a bit of I guess conjecture out there Absolutely. how that film was received. Do you have any thoughts on it? And yeah. and where what maybe what the next steps could be to see it rebooted.
1: Absolutely. So I guess you have to think about the landscape of what's happened. So Gem was only around until probably like '88. There was a few things straggling on at least locally to probably early '90s. that got in early '90s, and there was a drought throughout the whole '90s, early 2000s. Um, so the only other thing that really happened was back in 2012, we got an Integrity Toys reboot, which made a higher-end Hot Toys type version of um, the characters. So everyone was getting really excited. It was getting gearing the 30th anniversary, and then we get news that there's a live-action a movie in the the works and people have been kind of talking about that in the um, fan communities for quite a few years. It was something that everyone really wanted. I personally was not sure how it was going to get translated, but no, I still was like, I'll keep my um, options open until I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially I think it, it wasn't great. Um, I think out of the fans, there's only a small subsection of them that actually enjoyed the movie and I kind of feel like maybe they just felt like they had to just to just tell to uh, Hasbro, look, we, we do actually still care about this property essentially they turned it into more of a coming of age yeah. story so it was so uh, jericho was you know discovered on youtube and uh, you know uh, evil kind of record uh, and they were younger sort of they like 15 of, they were like sort of teens, stuff. yeah which really that was the other main difference mm-hmm. so these were like in the 80s are like strong women that were just you know doing it for themselves out there um and that was really kind of what changed it was just these group of teenage girls and really to be fair the only thing gem is really its name everything else it was stripped of what the core essence of what it's supposed to be so there was a few things like there was the earrings there was a synergy type thing but she didn't actually turn like there was no holograms involved to turn it from one to the other which yeah yeah i admit that's a pretty far-fetched concept to bring out these days but i feel like you either have to it has to be completely 80s or you have to really stick to the core of what the toy line or what the concept is and i think they just missed the mark on that bear in mind as well, Hasbro was only wanting to give it a $5 million budget. Oh, that's sorry. Sorry. Oh, wow. it's not yeah, a lot. Yeah. So pocket um, change. That's yeah. it. So John M2 was the director. So he did what he could, I think with it, but yeah, I think it was just, in my opinion, it's like you either do it properly or you don't do it at all. I mean, I'm fine for reboots. It's always exciting to see what they come up with. Um, but it's just, you do want them to get it somewhat right. And so. there was
4: no toys or uh, sort of associated no, stuff with
1: that? No toys. I think um, the main actress, Aubrey People, I think her name was, she said that Hasbro did cast a face mould for her, Mm. but I think because reaction was so terrible from the initial trailer, I think that everything got scrapped. Scrapped, Um, They
3: sort of knew better than... Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And that's probably better for the long-term success of the brand to sort of encourage people to forget about that iteration as quickly as possible. Absolutely, yeah. And remember back to what made it successful and what made it beloved since the '80s, absolutely, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah, it seems. I mean, if I look at the Shearer reboot that yeah. we're getting now on Netflix, and look, I think it's a great show. And, mm. and uh, but one of the aspects I think resonates with that gem reboot is they definitely went and made the cast a lot younger. And yeah. and that sort of when I when I think about the Shearer of the filmation era, you know, she's a really tough, strong woman, and all the characters seem she's the most like,
3: powerful woman in the universe. Well, not the most powerful
0: girl? Yeah, well, that's, that's right. But all the as a, as a kid watching it, I didn't need to see other kids or other teenagers. I looked up to the fact that they were adults. That sort yeah. of resonated with Absolutely. me. And, and, and that... I, I've got a question where they sort of take that and change it. And they think that maybe kids will... It'll resonate Just more with more, kids because yeah. it's closer to the age. Yeah. Not always the case. Like, you don't need that stuff necessarily to be kind of dumbed down to that level. But... Yeah. Mm. Oh, just I
3: think when we were kids those sort of cartoons and toy lines were very much aspirational you aspire to be yes. like them rather That's than right. you are like them yeah. you aspire to be like
0: them yeah absolutely very interesting now we do have to talk about the reboot and I guess this is where Hasbro are sort of saying well we're not going to do a new line we're going to license it to a company and in this case we're getting it back to Integrity Toys. That's now, right. I didn't know, before Damien came in tonight, I didn't know that there was this previous reboot. I think you said 2011? Uh, 2012,
1: the, yeah. 2012, yeah. That was
0: when it first started. And that line, so if we just, we'll start with that reboot mm-hmm. of 2012 Integrity Toys. Yes. How far did that line
1: go? So, in the end, well, like I said, it started in 2012. So, by the end of it, I think it ran until 2018. Oh, could, yeah. good yeah, run. It was pretty, yeah. good, pretty good yeah. run. Yeah. Um, I think we got about... 70 figures which that's pretty huge in such a small amount of time. Yeah. So wow. um again it was very different to what we'd seen the first time round. It was much more like a again most comparable thing with like a Hot Toys mm. aesthetic. So um very um posable, you know interchangeable hands like f- complete fabric outfits and shoes and whatnot and much more of a realistic uh, look as well so they they the inspiration behind them was the cartoon and the um 80s box art that's what they yeah, were trying the box, to emulate yeah, with it yeah, sure. so that's why it's got that really realistic feel about it so again we hadn't had anything like this for going on maybe 15 20 years so it was really exciting when that first sdcc 2012 um all those promo images came out because we had no idea. So we were taken by surprise. So yeah, that was, it was a really, really great line. Um, obviously ran over those few years and Chevy Toys do a great job with all their high-end products. It was just, uh, the only, my only gripe with it was, again, it, it comes back to the kind of the era we live in because there's a lot of noise on social media with so many people wanting different things. I think they tend to listen to that vocal minority sometimes with, yeah. all, with regards to what people want. Definitely. A lot of the products we got were some things I probably wouldn't necessarily say they were iconic or instantly recognisable. But um, that's what I'm, I guess I'm hoping for with this little reboot that we're getting with that this time around.
0: Yeah, okay. So do you think they'll almost... Continue or redo a
4: lot it, of what it, was released hey, it previously. it hasn't been that long. Twenty eighteen, you 2018, said it. Yeah. yeah, so it's only
1: really been like a one year kind yeah. of break in between. I think it depends what they do. So I know a lot of people that missed out the first time around want the kind of that iconic original gem outfit. We got that twice over the first the first time yeah. round. So. I'm okay if we don't see some of those things, but from what the wording, it's very vague of their press release. It sounds like it's probably going to be a one year right. deal. Yeah. And I'd say maybe we get a few waves of maybe three or four. So maybe we end up with maybe like 10, 12 products at the end of it. I'm happy to maybe then do a few versions of Gem, maybe one of the initial, each band member. I think that that's probably going to, going to cut it for me personally. But yeah. honestly, anything that we get is always exciting. We're happy to take it because there's just not much Gem out there in the landscape. So, and, yeah. and
0: what sort of, price point are we talking for this because obviously it's a it's a niche collectible line with small runs yeah
1: so these guys here it's generally between 119 and 130 us yeah Yeah. so it's not crazy but it is still up there especially Mm. for local collectors once you factor all of our price conversions in and shipping as well yeah and being
0: being a um i guess a specialty product Mm. is it the case the integrity toys, you have to sort of go to a website and order these, or how do you get your hands you on You do. Them?
1: So they've got their own uh, club called the W Club. So you sign up to that. Um, they do, they used to have um, retailers that you could get the product from, but um, basically what you do now is um, join up to the club and then they give you set times of when they're released which is always 3am Australia <laughs> time we've been there
3: done that sounds done like, like, like Medi Collector 100% <laughs> so
1: basically you get on you have your membership it's normally I think you get one you can have one per membership and then you just get on 3 or 3 2 in the morning and you just mm. gotta hope that you can grab it because Jeez. there's obviously a lot of scalpers with yep. anything so yeah. um, and then when they hit eBay they're 2-3 times the price. Mm. As well, yeah. Yeah. of
3: course, because they know with anything niche, there's a passionate fan base um,
1: waiting to get their hands on it. Absolutely, so that's just how the model runs. Yeah. So, and obviously, then they do exclusives through the club that are made to order as well.
2: Right. and what else uh, are the fans looking for for this 35th anniversary like what would you like to see and what are the fans asking for
1: per se I think the the two main things that keep on uh, getting brought up I think is a repro of the original gem uh, from 85 86 that's what most people seem to want it's whether Hasbro is interested in doing it and obviously we touched on earlier about the, will it include those electronics you know mm. price point of, of doing that and whatnot. so I think a, a repro of that is probably the number one thing and I think a lot of fans are unfortunately priced out when it comes to the Integrity Toys version so something right. that's going to be accessible to most fans would be nice uh, apart from that people are really wanting an album of all of the music yeah. but um, a lot of the songwriters obviously didn't get any residuals from back in the day and now they're really pushing they're, they're, that's obviously through the legal system they won't allow any releases of course, um, unless they yeah, get yeah, their, yeah, their yeah, cut their which cut. Is, which is fair
3: and they think. would want their cut from back then as well I, I, I that's imagine Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, um,
1: hold it up. And I guess that's the thing, even like the head writer, uh, Christy Mark. So once you go into Hasbro and you're uh, contracted to them, anything you create, yeah. they own. It's theirs. So, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so yeah. that's um, that's the issue. So definitely a rep, repro of the original line and um, an album of the two main things that keep on getting brought up.
2: And yeah. what would you like? What If you, had to, if you were the executive again mm-hmm. and you were deciding, right, 35th anniversary, we're going big. I know what the fans want. They want...
1: I think we just do both those things together. I think a replica right. of that original original doll, and instead of having a cassette, have some kind of downloadable mm, um a link, or link to yeah. you know all of the songs from the show like and just join in a huge a huge package maybe some like um i mean this will never happen but you know get that artist back do some repro artwork and um freshen it up again that's what i'd like to see mm. Mm. Things no, she, happened, might, though, yeah. she might want a new house <laughs> 100%, that, that's right that's right
0: <laughs> well that's been fantastic i mean just just to close. Damien's brought in some absolutely amazing things to showcase Mm. the line for us tonight, including a lot of the mint in box figures. There's even a super rare prototype. I wouldn't mind you maybe touching a little bit on your prototypes, but there's also like a, a style guide. And I know, you know, we had Colin Betts on a couple of episodes ago talking about the style guides. And this is where they give you all that sort of key artwork mm-hmm. that, if you're going to market things or you can use that sort of key key artwork. But what's brilliant about that is it comes in a record. Absolutely. You know, it's like a record slipcase, and yeah. all the arts in there. So it's that attention to detail that is beautiful. But I guess Damon, you're a you're a big collector of mm-hmm. gem. You've got a wonderful collection, and I'm always and I've loved seeing the collection tonight but I'm always super excited when I see a prototype mm-hmm. and you've got your hands on some very, very rare, sort of almost one-of-a-kind yeah, items. Absolutely. Do you want to just maybe talk us yeah, through that? for
1: sure. It's fascinating. So, so again, with any toy line, again, from this day, there was a lot of prototypes and unreleased um, product that never um, made it to the shelf. So um, very lucky to have a few things. Obviously, not a prototype, but that style guide is one of my... Um, like highlights of my collection so again just all that attention to detail has all the artwork in there so I absolutely love that but in terms of prototypes there's two main uh, I guess holy grails that are part of my collection so the first one which I've um, shown you guys here tonight so we had another band that they were, as we were creating for the third year 1988 called the Stingers so they were all blonde, So they were trying to kind of they, they, they thought parents thought their hair colors were a bit too wild or crazy. They trying to kind of dull it down just a little bit. So they were all blonde um, uh, characters, those ones there. So they were, got to prototype stage. Now, the whole set of three was found oh, about 10, 11 years ago now. I think it sold for about 11 grand. Oh. So, yeah. Wow. Pretty wow. crazy. Um, so they were the, uh, they came, at, they were found first. And then this loose one uh, that I have of one of the characters, her name was Rapture, um, she was found in France which was a bit of a, a head scratcher yeah, yeah. because um, obviously the line was obviously very US based. Um, how we how that prototype got there, we don't know, but it's definitely, it's been verified, which is nice. So it has a lower, has a lower back stamp on its, yes. on its back, whereas all the other ones that were produced have it higher up on the shoulder blades. So we know it's not someone that's just customized one yep. or not, mm. which is good. Um, so yeah, it's all hand tooled. It's pretty crazy to have that. So there's two of those. So that's a huge part of my uh, collection. The other one which is probably the holy grail for all gem collectors is something called Rockin' Romance gem. So that was for 1988. Now that one there got to um, a first shot or a pre-production sample stage. Yes. So it's completely in box as it would be on the toy shelf. So under ten of those have been found. Wow. So, yeah. So I'm very lucky oh, to have wow. one of those wow. ones there. Wow. Um, so yes. that's probably the holy grail for any any gem collector. So. Uh- Uh, An unproduced, essentially production prototype Mm -hmm. in box. Yeah, so so it's all
2: painted. It's all all it's all wow.
1: All decorated um, out boxes. It was supposed to be, and there is a rumor that that there's. Potentially a box full of them somewhere. I don't think right. that that's the case, only because how it's painted is not. It's it's not how I think a production would be done. So I'd say it's probably still a sample at this point. Yeah. And the fact that if we haven't, if they were, if they were released in like say Europe, which that's the rumor, hmm. I think we would have found some loose examples somewhere by now, which we just haven't. So yeah, yeah, yeah uh, that
3: makes a lot of sense. You'd think someone would surface with.
0: Them absolutely. on eBay, yeah, if they're absolutely. If they're all that plentiful, yeah, yeah. The 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 one item, and I'll ne- I'll never get it, and I'm cool with that. But Jenny from the Buckio hairline yeah. had the same. You can find you know a Jenny figure from the Wave Two in the box. It was mm-hmm. you know obviously a production sample. Mm-hmm. Who knows how many of them are out there? But it's obviously a really limited run. And so just the thought of acquiring something for a line I follow is just blows my mind. So to know that you've got that, that's yeah. just that's. Wonderful, yeah. and that's yep. so great that in Australia we've got a collection that has an item like that's that.
2: That's right, Fantastic. amazing, amazing. And in a
3: diehard fans collection where you know it'll be appreciated and valued and and respected, that's, that's yeah. terrific. Thanks, guys. That's I do want.
1: I feel very lucky to have that one there, and I guess because this is really one of the only things I collect, it's a little bit more manageable to kind yep. of acquire all of these yeah. things, so yeah. yeah definitely, definitely, yeah.
2: Um, just to circle back to you, the Rapture prototype, mm-hmm. and you're saying it's you're a bit, um, you know, like the France uh, d- destination. That, yeah. Well, I mean, just to put it back into the Masters of the Universe collection where what we are um, familiar with, it, there were uh, two uh, laser characters released in France and things, and there were two giants that weren't really... Italy, was it? Italy, France, Italy, France. Italy France. Italy Mexico. 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 Right. Well, okay, they're yeah. fairly close. Like, uh, you know. but like Europe somewhere, one's yeah, shaped like but a bird. Like Right. I'm just, it's I'm just saying. <laughs> what, what I'm trying to get at yep. is, I mean, I'm, my geography is terrible, but um, <laughs> aside from that, is uh, they only got released in those parts of the world, so that that is very unusual for uh, the US people. Like, what, you know, Master Universe, United States. Why wasn't it yeah.
3: released? Well, I think
0: year? that's that's a function of the fact that it's. Died right. In yep. the US. They've and got a lot really, product and yeah. they're going, where is a market where we mm, can, can dump it, it yeah. and it will kind of get taken up or they'll buy it. Yeah. I, I, so I think that's the, the logic right. of why that happened because they just didn't want to, they just thought if we put it on the US market, they'll literally get one state it. and yeah. then yeah, so, yeah. we'll have to destroy it or something. And so the thing it,
3: about Masters of the Universe in particular in relation to Europe and why I think Europe was singled out is there was no decline for in sales for master Universe yeah. in Europe it was still a, a top selling line right to the end right so if you're going to dump it somewhere if you've got this product that you you're part ways through making for the world it makes sense to dump it somewhere where people are still buying it well
1: mm-hmm. very similar to masters so gem was wildly popular in Italy and France so um so much so that France's pre toy fair 88 also has the uh, unproduced prototypes like the us version of the catalog so that's why i think there's that rumor that maybe there's some product there but so definitely it's still carrying on that it was very popular over there which potentially could be i, I don't think there is any product lying around still I, I really don't think so but definitely it was really popular in europe so they were probably ready to start purchasing those um those items for sure from hasbro mm. Mm. crazy wonderful Ooh. all right
0: that wraps our vintage toy line retrospective so good to have damien in to talk about that because that is just a wealth of knowledge that i've now gained and yeah. feel a lot better for it do we have time for yeah we got time. Let's, do let's do it reading watching playing all right, it is that time. We're going to shoot around the room to see what we've all been up to. We'll start with Ben. What have you been getting into? It's A uh, bit of Lock and Key goodness. Yeah, there. I've,
2: I've oh, been yes. checking out Lock and Key, which is on Netflix. Uh, uh, mate Phil on um, the uh, breaking the panel was uh, plugging that, so I checked that out. And it's one of those shows I'm watching with my wife, so we don't binge watch it, and which yep. is sometimes what I prefer. You know, I like uh, uh, you know spacing it out over a couple of weeks or whatever. So I've got like one or two episodes left. Absolutely amazing show. Highly recommend it. It's based on a comic book uh, series. Uh, The trailers I saw initially on Netflix uh, made it uh, very lighthearted and things. It's definitely not. It's quite horror-based and things, uh, which is definitely my... Ta- preferred taste and things but that just made the storyline that much better so loving that series uh, I'm even darker still I've been watching found the purge series on Amazon Prime Oof. so I've been watching that uh, sensational uh, series I like those movies a lot <laughs> and I also found another movie uh, it was called tra- uh, tra- tra- uh, trap room or something Um What's, eh, what's those Escape Room Escape Room that's the oh, movie okay. D- done by the same guys as the Saw uh, movies and things so it's got lots of twists and turns and sort of shows you the ending scene at the start of the movie and then you work backwards from where they, how they got there and plays all the way through the film uh, so it's really cool highly recommend so that
4: Ben's one. in a really good mood oh,
2: I mean, that's, that's my taste in a
0: nutshell for TV I, I yeah so nice mm. very good Damien have you been binging or enjoying any media reading watching
1: or playing I think we're gonna it's gonna be stuck with an 80s moniker with me I think So <laughs> nothing um, wrong with that bring uh, it on so I've been watching a bit of the um Dynasty uh, reboot, which is a bit of a, a take on the uh, '80s version. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. you know what? Considering as far as reboots go, it's actually not. It's actually not too bad. So I've been binging, uh, binging that lately. So yeah, it has been pretty good
4: yep I'll uh, I'll second Ben with the uh, lock and key I have we only just finished it a couple of nights ago and oh, you, you, the fact you got two episodes to go I want you to film your reaction yeah, at the finale because yeah. it's just when you think you've worked out all the twists there's oh, more to come so that's, that's really good makes me now want to go back and read the comics because I, I never did I, I know uh, Travis Jones of the Blazing Defender Report he was sort of a bit lukewarm on the series as a big fan of the comics so I'd be interested to, um, to see that from the other side uh, as far as watching, uh, I've been hitting up a lot of ABC Kids lately with uh, Bluey. <laughs> Bluey,
2: man, Bluey's good act. Bluey's
4: actually yeah. pretty solid. Yeah. My favourite one is the dad. The dad basically is a bit like a Jim Carrey from Lie Lie, where he pretends his arm is like an ostrich, right? Chases the kids around, and then he's like, you know, starts annoying the wife, and he's like, it's not me, it's it's the ostrich, right? And then and then she's like, I think the ostrich needs to go for a walk, and the kids like, yeah, they put a lead on dad's arm, <laughs> and, and, and dad just looks at the wife and goes. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a kid show, but it's great. Um, as far as playing, I had a bit of a rare uh, kid and wife-free night the other night. Uh, and I was like, you beauty, PlayStation, here we come. Uh, this sort of circles back to watching because I spent the next 40 minutes waiting for all the updates to download before I could actually play anything. Um, but that was good to finally get my hands on the, uh, the Joker in Mortal Kombat 11 and just see how absolutely... He has a move where he gets two of the the big punching, extendable punching gloves things, and he punches you in the face in the guts so you fall over and then he just punches you both of them in the balls and you're just like oh my god like it's painful but hilarious at the same time so yeah that's pretty much me I think
3: so I've been a bit late to the Netflix party as people in this room would know I had some issues um, getting the internet um, first of all getting it reliable then moving over to the NVN and then and then getting it installed uh, but the long and short of it is we're there I'm on Netflix and I'm currently um Two episodes away from finishing season four of the new Shira cartoon, so I'll I'll be up to date. Nice. Really, really enjoying that. Enjoying some of the the mythology that's come out in that, that season. I feel they've really started to. To unpack, you Definitely. know, some some of that behind it, and and really really enjoying it, and looking forward to to seeing the two part final.
0: Yeah, I've been not consuming any media, and uh, for those <laughs> for those of you that have listened to some old episodes of Toy Power had have been writing a book for the last almost two years, I think now, and I, I'm trying to wrap that up and get that finished, and 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 ultimately probably self published via yeah, sure. um, Amazon. So see how that goes but what, what we've been doing actually funnily enough um, my wife my wife Leanne loves romantic comedies and we don't we don't get that much time together at night with the kids and by the time you know someone falls asleep and that sort of thing but we uh we got the Netflix up and I'm like let's pick I think it was Valentine's Day let's pick a romantic sure. comedy and we watched we watched something that Deadpool. looked great no <laughs> Die Hard yeah. um, Birds of Prey No yeah. it looked great on paper and I can't even remember the name of it but it had Bradley Cooper um A Star is Born? No no no, no. had Bradley no. Cooper I never heard of it right yeah. had Bradley N- Netflix Cooper Netflix exclusive or? It could have been yeah. um two oh, I can't even remember the female actresses but they're you know, really big names. It even had Bill Murray. Bill Murray was in it. Like it was on paper it should have been great. But yep. she was so disappointed with it. Like it was just had no substance and no depth. It was just very, very light. And so what we've actually been doing, funnily enough, is there's a there's a function in Microsoft Word where you can have someone read back the text so so we we sit there and we actually like read my book like have it dictated to us and and sit there and it's 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 fascinating cuz there are, it's it's quite Deep. I've tried tried to make it deep and philosophical and multilayered. So when things happen, we can kind of almost talk about them and she's got the author there to yeah, kind of explain sure. the concepts So that's sort of what we've been doing at night when we get <laughs> some, some spare time, which is really weird, listening back to my own voice.
4: How's the voice on those things? Is it very, like, robotic? No, like? it's
0: it's not bad. It's funny enough because when I was doing it, the default voice is an, a male American voice. Yeah. And... And this is how I do a lot of my editing: is I put my headphones on and I have it play back to me, so I can, I can pick up a lot of grammatical errors I might miss looking at the text, right? So I play, and I was getting really sick of this voice. And one day I was fiddling around and I accidentally changed the setting to like an English woman. Yeah. And she, like, I really, like, I really like the voice. Like, it just works for the tone of my story. But she, in in some words, she can't pronounce. The ends, so I've got some char- I've got a character called Genevieve, and sh- and she calls her Givi. Givi, right? So uh, there's a few things like that right. that Leanne's just laughing at because the pronunciation's just <laughs> totally wrong. Totally different, yeah, yeah. Um, newfound is New fund or something, so it's just it's a bit wrong. But but look considering it's helped me with the editing mm. it's it's tolerable right yeah. like it's it's you're not going to be able to record it and put it up on audible sure. as an sure. audiobook it's not to that level but it's it's tolerable
3: yeah. but it sounds like it's a valuable resource for the editing mm. job at yeah. the very least and a source of amusement. Yeah, <laughs> date night.
0: Correct. There it is. So that's it. So Ooh. we're going to wrap this episode of Toy Power. But before we do that, before we
4: do, oh, have you got something else? No, no. So I have. Uh, pardon me while I get my phone out here. There's actually something I want to read to make sure that I've got it. Um, I'm not missing anything. So those who those who have been listening to us uh, recently know about Rob McCallum's uh, Action Figure Adventure. Is that action the name? Figure
0: Adventure. Yep. Action
4: Figure Adventure documentary. Now. We've all backed it. It's been a great success. They believe they reached all their Kickstarter goals and all that stuff. And I think I mentioned to you guys that the breaking the panel as a show yep. actually backed the, um, the Kickstarter. Also, a good friend of the show and fellow Patreon, Phil Keating, was very excited. He'd followed Rob from the days of Nintendo Quest. Yep. So when he started pimping our show, he's like, what, two things I love are coming together? This is amazing, right? So anyway, so he got really excited, and I was chatting to him, and he goes... Oh mate, this is great! You're just going to blow up your show, and you don't you don't know what you've started here at the network. And I went, that's an odd phrase, but right. he's just excited. Two things he loves coming yeah, together. Yeah, yeah cool. About a week later, he hits me up middle of the work workday, middle of a Wednesday. I'm having a pretty crap day at work if I'm honest, and he goes, Can we chat? I'm like, like video chat? Yeah, sure. So I jump on there. It's not just Phil, it's. Chris Wisdom yep. and Charles McFall as well. Right, and I'm like, what, what's going on here, guys? I feel like this is a setup. And <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus.
4: um, so that and Phil starts going, look, you guys are really great. We love what you do. Everyone here at the network loves what you do. You saw that breaking the panel has, you know, contributed to the show to Rob's Kickstarter. It goes a bit deeper than oh, that. Oh wow, they have kicked in enough money for you 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 and me what? to have our collections and our faces if what? Rob willing to be on the action figure oh,
1: <laughs>
4: and if you haven't worked out by now I'm not reading I just wanted to film oh. your reaction. <laughs> what that is amazing yep
1: so oh, I can't I've, been,
4: I've been
0: sitting on that for about a
4: week, <laughs> just going, "Oh my god!" And feels like, "Are you recording? Are you recording?" I want to see their reaction. Yeah. So, oh
0: wow, oh that's that's blown my mind. Thank you so much to the breaking the panel boys. Oh, because yes, that that's... means the absolute world. Yeah. So and it
4: was it was pretty much as as Phil worded it. He said, "Look, you know, you guys being in Australia, you don't get to come play with us and, and Dragon Con. You feel a little bit disconnected from the rest of the network. So this is one way that we can say thank you for the content that we're producing." And, uh, yeah, so we're going to be on TV Dude. or the, on the show. Wow.
3: You guys are insane in the best way possible. <laughs> cannot thank you enough. Oh. And, Frank, how did you sit on this for like a week? Oh, I mean, I it so, must have been hard.
4: Oh, Yeah, I've been... Yeah. I,
3: I imagine you've been talking to Ali about it because who else can you talk <laughs> to? Pretty much, exactly, <laughs> right? Yep. So
4: yep. there you go.
0: That is cool. fantastic. Looking forward to that. That is going to be epic and... Well, I think there's going to be some great toy rooms showcased in For that. Sure. Yeah. For sure. I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I believe Never
3: I believe... know some of us might actually become stars of the screen. <laughs> you Never
4: know. <laughs> yeah, so French I believe Rob happen. Rob is going to be in touch about, you know, the technical requirements, but Fantastic. yeah, that's uh that's going to happen.
0: Wonderful. That's the thing. Thank you so much. A f- massive shout out
1: and thank you to Damien for coming yes. on this episode thank you so much guys that was a lot of fun yeah or should I say it was truly outrageous <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> truly truly, yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> it in a segue to that where yeah. they, can everyone find you on the social medias so <laughs> you can find me at oh it's a bit of a long name it, it's at truly underscore truly underscore truly underscore outrageous on, Three in, on Instagram yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and I follow Damien it is wonderful to have those pictures they are beautiful that when they do come up a lot of a lot of gem you're almost related.
2: daily post is that yeah. right Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a
1: bit two times a day now I think I might have oh. to pull it
0: back <laughs> yeah, pretty much an yeah, almost daily post yeah. but yeah. if you want your gem fixed definitely recommend getting on the Instagram truly 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 outrageous so thank you so much Dan for coming in thanks so much yeah. guys appreciate that a massive shout out to all our patrons again for your support and a couple of them, the Brady and the Panel Boys going yeah. over and above. That is that is wonderful. And to everyone for tuning into to another episode of Toy Power, we love your support, love all the comments and feedback, and, and it's just wonderful having this community and, and being part of it yeah, with absolutely. you guys. So we really enjoy that. On that note, we will say goodbye and hopefully see you around the toy aisles. And Damien just one
3: thing please keep us up to date with what you think when they run when the new gym is unveiled. Absolutely love to love, love to it. hear your feedback you know someone who's a true fan.
1: Fantastic thank you.
3: And 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 to everyone listening until next time good journey.
0: You can find the Toy Power team at all the
4: usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy ToyPowerPodcast at ToyPowerPodcast on both Twitter and Instagram or have your say and email us at ToyPowerPodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network. Full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to teamup.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but
0: they're. Yeah. <laughs>